encourage, uh, I invite and encourage you even more so to follow along um, with the Bible you may have brought, with your phone, your tablet, and if you don't have any of those, you should be able to find a Bible in one of the chair racks near you, and you will find Psalm 139 starting on page one, uh, 521, 521. It carries over to 522, but it starts in 521. This is a Psalm of David. You will find several parts of this that you probably know quite well. But I ask you to hear the full Psalm. Here is the reading of the one living and holy God. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in, behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall find me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light to you. You formed me. In my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, yet as when there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and you are still with me. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O men of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred, and I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me to the way of everlasting. Here ends the reading of God's all-sufficient word. Tim, well, we learn something very important in Genesis chapter 1. We, we learn this, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, 
He created them and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. In Genesis chapter 2, we learn the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature. As Tim just read in Psalm 139, here in this psalm, we have a beautiful description of God's personal handiwork in our creation. We read this again, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. We... We learn here that human beings have value because God created us, and even more, he created us in his image and likeness. And because of this, the sixth commandment could not be more clear. And I quote, you shall not murder. And yet, since 1973, when abortion became legal, there have been over 63 million babies intentionally killed in a mother's womb here in the United States alone. Thankfully, on June the 24th of this past year, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, and in doing so, ruled that the U.S. Constitution does not give a federal right to abortion. So this sent the issue back to the states, which has in fact ignited a legislative war at the state level regarding abortion. It has also ignited a firestorm of protests throughout our country. And I must say that it really has brought great sadness to my heart to see so many people irate that their right, so to speak, to abortion or a woman's right to health care, as they often say, was in fact being challenged. I'm, I'm troubled by the notion that health care can be considered and included in killing an unborn baby in a mother's womb. Now, sadly, the Pew Research poll conducted shortly after the overturning of Roe v. Wade says that 62% of Americans think abortion should be legal in all or most situations. Uh, currently, 19 states have some form of protection for unborn children through existing pre-Roe laws or then also trigger laws, <clears throat> which were laws enacted to automatically ban abortions if Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, th this includes Wisconsin. Uh, there are also four states which have pro-life amendments in their state constitution. But tragically, 22 states have right to abortion laws. So there certainly is much work that needs to be done. 
Uh, earlier this month, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. It required doctors to give the same care to babies born alive after an abortion attempt that they would give to any other human being. And this uh, bill passed by a 224 and 210 against vote. So it's good that it passed, but it's staggering to me that 210 U.S. representatives voted against it. I mean, let, let that sink in just for a moment. 210 U.S. representatives voted against giving medical care to a baby born alive after a failed abortion attempt. Uh, one representative even stated that infants born alive after an abortion attempt would be more endangered by the passing of this bill than without it. That is twisted thinking. <laughs> so the question is, how, how did we get to this point? How did we get to the point where the life of a baby is treated as inconvenient and disposable. And it's not just babies. Nine states, along with the District of Columbia, have laws legalizing assisted suicide. More and more, when quality of life begins to wane, as defined by a healthcare provider, the elderly and handicapped are not treated with the proper care and dignity that is due to one who is made in the likeness and image of God. So again, how, how did we get to this point? Well, I want to suggest that Romans chapter 1 verse 28 is one verse that does a really good job of succinctly summarizing how I think we got to this point. And I quote Romans 1 28, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God. God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Now, if you have a debased mind, you have a worthless mind, a mind that was tested and failed. It's a mind that is unqualified to think in right ways, which leads you to do what ought not to be done. What is it that led God to giving them up to a worthless mind? Uh, we are told that they did not see fit to acknowledge God. And the context of verses 18 through 32 of chapter 1 of Romans helps us to understand this better. We, we are told that they did not honor God. They did not give thanks to God. They believed a lie rather than the truth. They worshiped what is created rather than the creator. And here's an important point. They, they knew better. They were without excuse. God has revealed himself clearly to all people through what he has created. But we're told in verse 18 that people suppress that truth by their own unrighteousness. And so verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven 
against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And I would argue that one of the primary ways God's wrath is revealed today is that God gives people the very thing that they sinfully want. If someone persists in their rejection of God and if they continue worshiping the created things rather than the creator, and if they continue believing lies rather than the truth, God will give them over to their very own desires. And these sinful and wicked desires come with consequences that, in fact, brings ruin. So very quickly, then, the wicked go from bad to worse. Uh, Listen as I read Romans 1, verses 28 through 32. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So do do you remember our armor verse for the month of January? Uh, Can you say it with me? Proverbs 1, 7. All right, are you ready? Say it with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So fools don't fear God. They, They don't live with a... reverential awe of God. They don't honor God. They don't see fit to acknowledge God and give him the place that he deserves in their lives. And without the fear of God, you won't think and live according to the truth that God reveals. Even worse, we're told fools despise wisdom and instruction from God. So this is how we got to this point where babies are considered inconvenient and disposable. This is why we don't honor the elderly, the sick, the infirm. This is why marriage between one man and one woman is rejected. This is why people rebel against the gender that God assigned to them at conception. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. The fool that I just described was me. And and it was you. Maybe, Maybe you didn't kill a baby. Maybe you didn't marry someone of the same sex. Maybe... You didn't rebel against your gender assigned by God at birth. But the Bible makes it very clear that all of us have failed to honor God as God. All of us followed after our own sinful desires. All of us were unrighteous and deserving of God's wrath. All of us. Do 
Do you fear God today? <laughs> Do you love Jesus today? Why is that if you do? Well, Romans 2.4 says that it was God's kindness that led us to repentance. <laughs> Even when we were dead in our sins, willfully following after our own sinful desires, God set his affection upon our lives. God chose us. God brought us to life in Jesus. And God forgave my sin by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 tells us that wonderful story. We, we are saved by grace alone, uh, through Christ alone, by faith alone, according to Scripture alone, and it's all for God's glory alone. It's not what I, I'm not what I once was because God saved me. Uh, my changed and changing life is His work. He gets all of the credit. He gets all of the glory. It's his work that gave me a new heart with a desire to reverence him, to honor him, to give thanks to him. It's because of God's work in my life that I now have a desire to value people made in his image and likeness, including unborn children and infirmed adults. It's because of his saving work in my life that I embrace his view of marriage between one man and one woman. It's because of his saving work in my life that I embrace the gender that he assigned to me when I was conceived in my mother's womb. God created me. God created you. God knows us perfectly well. <laughs> Psalm 139 Verse 1 says this. It's amazing. The psalmist says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. <laughs> Indeed, he really has. And then the end of verse Psalm, or the end of Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, the psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That, that is the desire that God produces in the hearts of those that he saves. Lead, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me after your ways, O God. That, that is a fitting response to our redeeming God. And Psalm 139 helps us to think I mean, big thoughts about God, right thoughts about God. And that is the only way to have right thoughts about our life and the world in which we live. So let's think for a bit this morning about Psalm 139. What, what do we learn in one, Psalm 139 about God? Well, there's a couple of things. One, in verses 1 through 6, we, we learn that God knows all all that there is to know about me and you. God, God knows everything. Uh, God knows when I sit and when I rise. God knows my thoughts even before I think them. God knows my, all of my ways. He knows how I live. He knows the words that I'm going to speak before I speak them. Uh, his, his knowledge of me and you really is more than I can fathom or understand. That's how great God is. But, but secondly, in verses 7 through 12, we'll learn that 
we, we can't escape his presence. If we went to the heavens, he's there. If we went to the depths of the earth, he is there. If we went to the far side of the sea, he is there. Even darkness does not hide us from God. You know, when we're little kids, we think if, the, if we're under a blanket or the lights are turned out, we're invisible and no one knows we're there. Um, the psalmist says, even in the darkness, we can't escape God. He knows. He knows where we are. And then... Thirdly, in verses 13 through 18, we learn that God created you. And so let me ask you a couple of questions this morning. And I want you to think about this. Do you know that you are wonderfully created by God? Now, Tim read it earlier, but let me read it again, starting with verse 13. For you... For my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written. In your book were written. Every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. This is why we have value as human beings. You were created by God. This is why we should value all of human life, both babies in the womb and the elderly who are infirmed. All people, all people. We have learned here some precious truths about God. He is omniscient. He knows all things. He is omnipresent. You cannot escape his presence he is omnipotent. He, is, he has all power. God is our creator. We're not here by an accident. What he has done, what he has done in creating us is, is wonderful. He is deserving of praise and adoration and worship because of what he has done. And that is what produces the desire verses 19 through 22. So let me ask you, in light of the greatness of God and the honor that he deserves, do you desire for wickedness to be stopped? Listen as I read verses 19 through 22 again. Oh, that you would slave the wicked. Oh God, oh man of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. The wicked hates God. And they hate God's way. That is why they hate those created in the image and likeness of God. That is why they kill babies in a mother's womb. That is why they rebel against God's blueprint 
for marriage. That is why they reject the gender given to them by God. Now, maybe I'm preaching to the choir this morning. Um, Maybe I'm not. I, I fear that we are being bombarded today with so many lies all of the time that we may lose sight of the truth. It's vital for you to hear the truth, to believe the truth, and to live in light of the truth. And So my final question this morning then becomes really, really important. It's this, do you desire for God to lead you in the way everlasting? Again, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the heart desire of one that knows God, who's been saved by the blood of Jesus and is being transformed and kept by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Verse 1 had already stated that God searched us and know us, but here the psalmist expresses his desire for God to continue that work in our heart and life. Try me. Search me, know my heart, know my thoughts. And if there is anything in my life that doesn't please God, please show me, change me, lead me in your ways. May that be your desire today. Let's pray together. Father, we humbly bow before you, our creator, our redeemer, our God. We thank you and we praise you for the work that you have done in knitting us together in our mother's womb. Thank you for this undeserved privilege to be a people who are distinct from all the rest of creation because we're made in your image and likeness. Thank you that we have value because of who you are. And as people made, crafted carefully by you, we're, we're made to reflect your character and to reflect you. I pray that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, through the work of the gospel, might produce in all of us a growing desire to know you, to treasure you, to fear you, to reverence you, for you to know us, to search us, to lead us in your ways. And Father, if there is anything about our lives that does not line up with your truth, I pray that you would change us that you would grant us repentance, that we would embrace your truth and your righteousness. And Father, we desire also today that not only this be true for our lives, but we think about the world and 
we know where we once were and we're thankful that we're not now what we once were and it's all because of your mercy and your grace that you've given to us in Jesus. But we pray for those outside the church who are still rebelling against you and we pray that you would have mercy on them and we pray that you would save them and we pray that you would be the, become the one that they honor and fear more than any other that your ways would be embraced and that all people who are created in the image and likeness of God would be valued as you would desire. So, Father, we pray that you would help us. We're thankful that you have been merciful with us. We're thankful that you, by your Spirit, are even now at work transforming us. But I pray that you would continue that work in us so that we can reflect your image in ever-righteous ways, we pray. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. Um, be honored in our midst, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.